Be looking at Psalm 32, just the first two verses of Psalm 32 and the introduction to Psalm 32. A Psalm of David, a contemplation. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. O Lord, as we prepare now to partake of this nourishing grace at your table, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit and that we might understand your precious word and, and exalt you and partake of this meal rightly. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. So I'd like to start today a series in Psalm 32. I was looking at the first two verses today. And recently we studied Psalm 51. Uh, if you noticed, if you have a Geneva Study Bible, uh, the title for this psalm in the Geneva Study Bible is The Joy of Forgiveness. The Joy of Forgiveness. And it's one of the six psalms that are sometimes called penitential psalms, like Psalm 51. And it's possible that this song uh, followed uh, some time after uh, Psalm 51, written by David. And it's also a psalm of confession and of repentance, and of repentance by King David. Uh, and is expressing here, especially, the great joy of being forgiven. And the last verse of this psalm says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And so we have uh, often recited these verses. Probably most of us have somewhat memorized by now. We've often recited it in our time of confession and our time of forgiveness uh, each uh, on many Sundays. And these should be very familiar, I believe, to us now, at least the sound of them. Uh, going back to Psalm 51, David said this, Restore to me, he cried out to the Lord, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And then, and the result will be, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. So the result of being restored to the joy of his salvation would be he can teach, he can proclaim uh, the great grace of God and his forgiveness. And so we see in this psalm, after David was restored to the joy of his salvation, further teaching, I believe, uh, to other transgressors, of which we are a part, of the ways of the Lord. And I think of the great joy that we should have also in knowing uh, this, the great joy of being restored and then of giving thanks. Now, the inspired introduction of this psalm, it says, a psalm of David, a contemplation. And you might notice a little uh, note there, uh, contemplation. Now, another word in some Bibles for this contemplation is called masculine, masculine. And it occurs in 12 other psalms. So in 13 psalms, this is part of the introduction. This is a masculine. It's a, it's a didactic psalm. It's enforcing some lesson. It's instructional. Its intent is instructional uh, to help us to grow in wisdom. Indeed, I would pray, I am praying, may we grow in wisdom and in the fear of the Lord as we go through this psalm. Now, the Apostle Paul, in speaking of God imputing righteousness, using that word, imputing righteousness without works, meaning it has to be by faith, and the blessedness of joy of not having to work and earn our salvation, um, he wrote in Romans 4, beginning in verse 5, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, in other words, by faith, his faith is accounted for righteousness. 
And then he refers back to David, this psalm. He says, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. So he was referring back to the great blessedness that we're seeing in this psalm of being forgiven. The great joy that we uh, should express that we are saved and we are forgiven by faith. And then he quoted uh, the same at the conclusion of that. He said, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. So these two verses, if you look at them, they're two blessings. They highlight two blessings which come to those who have been justified by faith and are thus imputed as righteous. We're still being conformed to his image. We still sin, but we are imputed as righteousness. We can come before him. These are the blessings of those who have been forgiven through the Lord's work of atonement on the cross, and only by that. And we should be very careful. In fact, I believe we should be somewhat fearful even of taking the forgiveness of God for us for granted. And these two verses use three words for re the reason, for, for example, or the reason we need forgiveness. The, those three words are transgression, and another word for that is like revolt. You revolted against the law. We have revolted against the law of God. So transgression, and then sin, which is an offense, and then iniquity. Those are the three uh, reasons that we must be forgiven. And then there are three words related to them that are actions of grace, actions by the grace of God. And those are forgiven, covered, and not imputed. So in verse 1, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. In other words, happy, blessed. That person should be greatly rejoicing. Happy is the one whose revolt against the law of God has been wiped away, and God will put it out of his sight. It's covered. Proverbs 28, 13, which we read this morning in our uh, time of confession, says, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. And so the person who tries to cover or hide their own sin will not prosper, cannot prosper. Of course, it can't be hidden from the Lord anyway. But if we confess our sins and acknowledge, by acknowledging them and forsaking them, by repenting, which means to turn from them, then we will have mercy, it says here. We will experience God's abundant mercy again. In verse 2, it says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So to not impute iniquity means that the person's transgressions or his crimes against God their, their sin is not charged against them. It is not charged to their account, the record of their sins, because it has been wiped away. It has been forgiven. And this psalm declares the joy and the blessedness of this forgiveness, because we can know, first of all, that the just punishment of, that we should have received of God against our breaking of his law has been dealt with fully and forever by the Lord Jesus. And that is indeed great mercy that we should praise him for. And this person does not have a spirit, it says, of trying to hide their sin, of using deceit or using guile to excuse their sin. They don't try to do that like David did before the Lord brought his sin to light through Nathan, the prophet. A little later in Psalm 32, in verse 5, David said, I acknowledged my sin to you. In other words, he didn't hide it. And my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And the result is, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Those who submit to the Lord should 
rejoice greatly. We should all rejoice greatly and often that they are doubly blessed in a sense, as we see here, because in the Lord and through his work, we are forgiven and our sin was covered by his blood. And because our sin was imputed to him while his righteousness was imputed to us. And so brothers and sisters, as we come to this table, uh, the table that he has prepared by his sacrifice, let's each of us give thanks from our heart for the blessings of being forgiven people. Let's pray. Dear Lord of mercy, we thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have demonstrated so clearly your love and your patience and your mercy by saving us through the atoning <clears throat> sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, our King on the cross. Oh, forgive us for taking for granted your continual mercy and your continual kindness to us and for not daily rejoicing in your forgiveness. Oh, Lord, thank you for having mercy upon us, upon your people, and thank you for blotting out our sin and that we are seen now as righteous by the imputed righteousness of Christ. And we are cleansed by the blood of Christ shed for us. Oh, Father, fill us, each of us now, with joy and with humility in the Spirit as we partake of this means of grace that you have given. And we thank you for this communion with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.